When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. As an added bonus for Week 1, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. <laughs> and welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 241 of the Big Show, some enforcer based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Hopefully, everybody had a, had a great long weekend and, uh, Made her through and had a good time. Uh, yeah, I didn't get up to too much actually. Just kind of worked a couple of the mornings and 
um, yeah, basically just kind of hung out and yeah, I don't know. Like I said, with school starting again and, um, you know, I know the wife went in and kind of straightened up her classroom and moved some desks around cause she really wasn't liking the, the, uh, the talking that was going on early for, cause the students were back Thursday, Friday. And then of course the long weekend, which is goofy, but, um, yeah, she kind of like, well, okay, I don't think this is going to work. So yeah, they, they can't, the students came back today to a new desks, do new desk pattern setup. So we'll see how that goes with the noise level. But, uh, yeah. So I mean, you know, with school going on and all that stuff. Yeah. It was pretty, pretty dead around here. So, um, yeah, guys, uh, what are we going to talk about today? I got to be honest. It is like eight thirty Tuesday night that I'm recording this. Um, I should have done this direct right after work when I, when my energy level was still up. I think, uh, right now my half my mind is, uh, wants to be on the couch watching uh, Netflix, but, um, but I want to, I obviously want to get this done for you guys, but, uh, um, I really, um, like I said, with the long weekend, I mean, even that's weird. Uh, it's like one of those, do you ever have those, um, like you didn't do anything, but <laughs> like looking back on it, you're like, what did I accomplish? I don't know if I really accomplished much, but it's like, you seemed like you were like you busy. Like there was no time. Um, yeah, it was just, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Um, it, I, I didn't really actually give this episode in terms of, um, um, you know, what I was going to talk about and all that and, you know, uh, topics and stuff, uh, really all that much thought until today when I was at work and I was like, you know, it, it's amazing how it just sneaks up. It's like, holy shit, it's Tuesday already. Um, you know, um, I know obviously one of the topics I'll bring up is the Bob Probert Invitational Tournament that's on, of course, right now. Please vote if you're on Twitter. Um, if you're not on Twitter, create a, a profile that takes one minute and get out, follow the fourth line voice and vote. Uh, we are in the final eight fights of the first round. Uh, so get, well, I'll get into that. Um, I'm also going to talk a little bit about uh, uh, Tony Twist. Uh, there was a, a topic that came up in the, in the fight group that guys were debating, and it was kind of like the whole... Twist and roids and where does he rank and all that type of thing. So I'll kind of talk about, give my feelings on that topic. And then, uh, uh, Luciano had put up a Semenko, Randy Holt, uh, kind of their fights in the, in the preseason. And, and, uh, there's a kind of a tidbit interview with Jay Wells talking about that, uh, back from his rookie year. And it was kind of a funny interview. So I'll, I'll share that with you guys. Um, I'll read that to you. I think you guys will get a kick out of it, but, uh, uh, before we get into all that, um, I hope everybody went and, uh, on, on Sunday, uh, listened to my Cole Johnson interview. Uh, Cole's, uh, uh, nice enough to sit down and, and, and BS for, for half an hour. And, uh, of course he was in, uh, Ice Wars 2 and he's a local, you know, fellow Saskatoon guy. So of course had to get him on, right? Um, but yeah, he was in Ice Wars 2. And then, um, he has also just signed a contract with the Danbury Hattricks of the Federal Hockey League. So, He'll be going down there here coming up uh, in about a month's time. So looking forward to seeing what he could do at the pro level. So it was fun to have him on and, uh, you know, we just kind of, uh, you know, just talked about his, uh, you know, ice horse experience and that type of thing. And then, uh, you know, looking forward down the road to Danbury. So, um, you know, and uh, not only Cole's interview, but again, please check out the back catalog. As he said, this is 241, right? So 
240 other episodes to check out. So, um, yeah, I, I encourage you, if you're, you're new to the, a new listener to the program, welcome. Thank you. And, um, if you're here from the Bob Probert Invitational, um, uh, please check out the back catalog. Morasti, McIntyre, Brad Wingfeld, uh, Dean Mayrad, Curtis Swanson, uh, Roman Volpat, Clark Wilm, Kent Stanaforth, Tristan Grant, Adam Huxley, on and on. Uh, like I said, plenty, plenty of, uh, plenty of interviews over the last couple of years that, uh, it'll definitely keep you busy. <laughs> uh, hours and hours of content. But, um, as I said, also, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 50 shows in the network, um, as well as all the NHL teams are represented. So whatever team you're a fan of, there is a show for you. And, uh, also, Alec out there at the Five for Fighting podcast, he has moved in. He is unpacking as we speak. He's getting the podcasting room set up and we actually might have a regular scheduled events from here on out with the Five for Fighting podcast. I know it's hard to believe. We've heard this story before, folks. So we'll see. But, uh, no, I know they're, they're finally moved in and, uh, you know, they're doing some painting and everything else with the house and, you know, kind of, uh, getting it ready. But I know he has, unpacked a lot of his stuff and uh and I know he wants to get into the swing of things in terms of a regular uh schedule uh for his shows so uh look forward to that here coming up here in the fall and um you know of course you know he's a big east coast league hockey league guy so you know he'll be watching intently with that and and in saying that uh the five for fighting uh youtube channel check it out like I said last year he uploaded a lot of the east coast league fights um, which is a strong year for fights, guys, I'll tell you. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm a grumpy old bastard, I'll say that. And I don't watch modern hockey, but I gotta say, I was digging some of the, some of the stuff last year. So I encourage you to check out Alex Page, um, or his channel. And, uh, while you're there, if you could hit the subscribe button, <clears throat> that would be dandy because we're trying to get Alec to a thousand subscribers. He's getting close. So, uh, for everybody that goes on there, if you could just hit the little bell there, um, that or no, that's notification. No, the subscribe button. If you could hit the subscribe button, that'd be great. And while you're on YouTube, bounce on over to the Fourth Line Voice. Check out my channel. I have over 2,500 uh, videos on there. Um, any league you're looking for, just type it in. Everything sorted: OHL, NHL, blah blah blah. Just type it in. Boom, up it'll come. Hit the subscribe button as well. I would I would appreciate it. And um, I said it last episode. Easy for you to say. Take two. I said it last episode, um, with the, as far as the YouTube channel goes, I know I've been a little lax, um, uploading stuff lately. Um, kind of got into it with YouTube a little bit with the monetization and, uh, a bunch of age restriction videos and stuff. And it was just kind of getting frustrating to deal with at the time. And, uh, so I kind of put that on hold and, uh, I'm going to have Isha look into it. Um, he was a uh, former, uh, partner at the network. Uh, he has branched off onto his own and he's doing some YouTube work and, uh, He's a lot more, uh, you know, he, he knows a lot more about the medium than I do. So, uh, I'm going to basically hand over the reins of the channel over to him and he can kind of figure out why I'm not monetized anymore and what, what, uh, changes I need to make to my channel to get back to being monetized. And, um, in saying that this fall, I'd like to do some more YouTube videos, not just fight clip. I'll still do the fight clips and all that, but I'd like to get into some, some different stuff, like maybe like, like just, you know, five, ten minute videos on maybe a short get player spotlight video or, um, 
a biography thing. I, I don't know. I'm just sort of, I'm spitballing at this point, but I bounced a few ideas around with people and, or maybe just like sound bites from my 241 episodes. Um, just with maybe certain players when they tell a story about a certain guy, if I happen to have that fight that they're talking about, maybe have that in the back with the audio in the background, you can, you know, whatever, just stuff like that, that I'm, I'm kind of, uh, uh, playing with right now. Um, but I would like to get a little more active role on YouTube, uh, coming into the fall at the same time. Um, you know, I always say with everybody, or I always tell everybody with the show, um, you know, when you, I, I do two episodes a week at the same time. It's like, as much as I would like to maybe do a, you know, more onto YouTube and stuff like that, you know, I, you know, obviously I have a life away from, you know, the basement, the back room in the basement. So, you know, I, I do have a wife I need to talk to and some stuff and I do go out of the house now and again. So, um, you know, between work and everything else, it gets a little busy. So, um, unfortunately there's, I mean, there is stuff that I would like to get to, um, that I just, at the end of the day, I just run out of time and, and energy to be completely honest. Um, this, this summer has been a really long summer. Um, you know, a lot of work, a lot of overtime. Like I said, the money's been great, but yeah, it's, um, I've had a few burnout moments and, uh, I went on vacation a couple, you know, just for the odd days here and there, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie guys. It's been tough. Um, doing the two, not so much doing the episodes. I mean, like I said, I, I have the, the ideas in my head and stuff like that. And to, if I have time to like, just, it's like just right now, right. Sit down and hit record. I can do it. Um, you know, I could, I have no, <laughs> ask anybody who knows me. I have no problem yapping, but, um, it's just basically trying to fit it in around with life, you know, basically. Um, you know, not that I've missed, you know, almost 50. It's not like I'm Mr. I'm Mr. Active social life or anything like that. But, um, you know, there, there are family commitments that we would like to do with the in-laws or whatever, or with my parents or, and stuff like that. And a couple of friends have been in town and talked to them. And, you know, I mean, as the summer has gone on and yeah, it just, um, you just run out of time. And all, like I said, even today, all of a sudden it was like, Oh man, it's Tuesday already. And I got to record. So, um, like I, 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 cause the reason I bring this up is because uh, I'm, I know I'm just babbling at this point, but, um, the reason I mention it is, uh, you know, I, I've gotten a few, um, messages over the last little while just about with interviews and stuff like that. And, Hey, are you ever going to interview this guy? And it, uh, you talk to me about this and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. Um, yeah, I, I definitely want to get back uh, to doing it. Well, I mean, I've, I've been interviewing people over the summer, but, um, yeah, I have not forgotten about the guys I've talked to about doing interviews. Um, <clears throat> to be completely honest, uh, once again, uh, you know, some of them never got back to me. Uh, you know, I mean, I guess I have to press the issue, um, you know, and, and chase guys, um, which I'm not at this point in the game, I'm not really fond of. Um, you know, I, if, if I have to chase you around, I don't know how serious you, I mean, I don't know how serious you were to do it in the first place. So, I mean, I certainly don't want to like try to have to beg anybody to do the show if they don't want to do it. Just, you know, you know, to say so. Um, again, I always say that for a PSA. I mean, for any like former players out there that are listening, and I know I have a lot of ex players that listen to this show. Um, if someone asks you to do a podcast and you don't want to do it, just say you don't want to do it. 
seriously, just just say no. It's fine. Like, not just with me, but with anybody. If you don't want to do it, just say so. Because this, like, leading around and, oh, I'll get back to you, brah. You know, it's just, just, no, it's annoying. Just say no. You know. Or I love the one where you send them a private message. You know they've read it. They continue to post on on social media, but they won't answer your message. It's like, I know you read it. Can you just just get back to me? I don't know. It's amazing. I, I don't understand people. I don't get it. Like, grown adults. Like, be a man and just... Well, just common courtesy. Just reply. You can say no. It's fine. You're not going to hurt my feelings or Alex's feelings or Joe's or whoever. We get it. If you don't want to do it, that's cool. If you're not a podcast guy or you just don't feel like that, that's fine. You know, just say so, though. It's like, ah, man. You know, just getting let strung on, strung along. It's just annoying, you know. But anyway, sideways, you know, and a, a side rant there. But, uh, yeah, it's, um, but no, it's, uh, like I said, I've talked to a few guys that I'd like to get on. Um, some of the guys that it's, it's definitely been on me. I'd like to, I want to, uh, do some research on them. And again, that takes time. I mean, I've always said with these interviews, I mean, okay, yeah, I could hit record and stare at his hockey DB and, you know, like I said, you could fiddle fuck our way through an interview and, eh, I guess, but I, I don't think that's, you know, who wants, I don't really know who wants to listen to that. I mean, I don't, you know, um, I, I, I definitely want to, I'd rather research the guest and be confident when talking to him and, and, um, cause I think that also brings out better stories and it's just a better, experience for everybody and um but in saying that it takes time to um uh research and that and that type of thing so i you know uh that's been on me there's been a couple guys that i've talked to that i said i told them i definitely want to get you on the show but i need to kind of research i mean again i know who they are in their career blah 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 but when you start doing the deep dive into things, you're like, oh shit, he played with that guy or, you know, or I never knew he fought him. And, you know, you, you start learning a few things. So, um, that wouldn't have happened otherwise. So, and, uh, and like I said, at the end of the day, guys, this is, um, to answer a few people's emails, um, or questions, um, at the end of the day, it, I, I, I'm taking the time and doing the research and everything else and maybe not getting around to doing the interview as quick as I maybe should have, but, I think at the end, it'll be a better listening experience when it does happen. And, uh, I think the interview will be better and, and, and I think everybody will just enjoy it more. So if you have to wait a little while, then, you know, I guess you got to wait, but, um, you know, and at the same time, like, again, like I said, research takes time and, um, and there's just some day, you know, after it's been, you know, you sweat all day at work and everything else, you get home, shower, eat supper and everything else. You know, and you start watching the ball game or whatever, and I'm just kind of comfortable on the couch. The last thing I really want to do is come down here and bounce around the internet for an hour and a half, two hours researching stuff. It's like, I just don't have it in me, you know, some days. So, you know, um, like I said, bear with, please. And, uh, you know, we'll get to it. I'll get to it. I really will. And, um, you know, and, and, and don't worry. Those, there's, I have some really, some cool guests coming and, uh, it'll, it'll happen. Just, just work with me, work with me, folks. Um, yeah. So, but anyway, let's, uh, enough of that. Let's, let's get into a few of the topics here. And I always say I'm not going to keep you here for long, but to be completely honest, guys, I will not keep you here for long today. Um, 
Yeah, just because it's you know it's ah, it's yeah, after a long weekend. It's, I think everyone's tired, and um, you're I, at least I know I am, and um, yeah. So um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, sorry guys. I'm kind of I'm just sort of all over the place here, and uh, yeah, scattered so to speak. I'm also very snotty. I think I must. Be, I think. With the harvest going on and everything, just with the dust in the air. Oh, man. Ugh. All right. Enough. Here we go. What are we going to talk about first? Well, this is, well, first of all, of course, the big thing that happened, of course, on uh, Saturday, gloves dropped. The 6th Annual Bob Probert Invitational uh, Twitter Tournament began. And um, I was 64 of hockey's toughest dudes and they battle till one remains. It's a March Madness style bracket that I do every year. And, uh, yeah, I just put it out on Twitter and people vote and we go round by, or, you know, section by bracket by bracket. That doesn't, what does that mean? Bracket by bracket. What am I talking about? Jeez. Section by section throughout the bracket, uh, each day with a different group of fights. And, uh, um, right now we're on the, we're on the final, the final uh, eight fights of the first round. And, um, yeah, overall, um, voting hasn't been too bad. Um, <clears throat> so I will say, at, um, in terms of the voting, sorry guys, I'm stopping and starting and stopping and starting. Um, yeah, we, so Saturday, uh, the first eight fights started. Um, I think it's because the long weekend too. I think obviously people were busy and, and doing other things. Um, Voting, eh, it's been so-so so far. Uh, not bad. Um, I think it should pick up as the as the next few days go on here. Uh, you know, because people are, you know, school's on and people are kind of back. And, you know, the kind of the summer holidays are, summer's over, so to speak. And and uh, and, I, and I think uh, it'll be a little more concentrated. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but I want to thank everybody who's taken, who's taken the time to, to not only vote, but... Um, to comment as well, like, oh, I picked so-and-so because, and whatever, and, and everybody's been respectful, and, um, um, you know, the only thing, I, I wish more people would get involved, but, I mean, I think that might happen as the week goes on, um, you know, because it's kind of the same 10 guys that have been kind of commenting a lot, and which is fine, that's great, but not knocking them at all, I mean, thankfully, they're, they're at least they're commenting, um, I wish more people would get involved and comment, but um, I want to thank those that that obviously took the time to comment as well. And, uh, yeah, and I just, you know, and like I said, the whole point of the, of the tournament is to basically create conversation. And, um, yeah, and that's what it's all about. And I mean, without hockey going on right now, um, you know, I mean, it's starting shortly here, but, um, you know, I just figured, uh, you know, why, why not get, uh, for, for the two weeks, let's get people talking about, uh, you know, Ben Wilson and, Glenn Cochran and Ty Domi and, and Wendell Clark and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I really enjoy the tournament though. And, uh, I, I think the, the, it's all computer generated as far as the matchups go. And I, and I think this year some really interesting matchups came up and, uh, I had a lot of fun with Dante and, and Steve going over the, of course, uh, last week we did the, the Bob Probert bracket preview show and, uh, you know, we kind of broke down each fight and just talked about the guys and whatever. And, and I always have fun doing those, uh, those, uh, episodes. Um, I've had Steve on the last couple of years and he and I have done it. And, uh, this year I decided to add, uh, a third. So we got Dante in on the mix and, um, 
you know, he's really enthusiastic about it. And, and I, and I think it really added to the episode and, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun breaking down the fights. So, um, you know, and, and I always say at the end of the day, it's like, you know, I mean, people are going to, you know, it's, it's, it's a popularity contest. I mean, let's face it, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a fun thing. And, and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, we're not out to hurt anyone's feelings or anything like that. And, um, um, so, and like I said, so far, everybody's been really respectful. I mean, there's a few times where people, I think they're, I think the exaggeration of the, you know, it gets a little eye rolling at times sometimes, but, um, you know, whatever it's, that's, you know, they're just typing stuff. So yeah, whatever. Um, if it gets too goofy, I'll just delete it. But, uh, you know, overall it's been, uh, so far it's been, it's been cool. I mean, a lot better than, uh, years past. Um, I know the first couple years there was, um, you know, there's, there's always, there's always a goof in every crowd, but I mean, um, you know, but overall, uh, this, these last couple of years have been really good. So, but, uh, yeah, just in terms of kind of the first round, I mean, um, you know, I, I don't know about it as, you know, certainly any big upsets or big surprises. Um, you know, um, as, uh, actually pretty much as far as the, as the voting goes, um, eh, I gotta say it's, it's pretty much how I would have voted to be honest. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, War Allen Kimball, I mean, they had Kimball advancing. That was a, that's a pretty tough fight. Uh, you know, um, I mean, I, I said in the previous shows, as I'm a big, I'm a huge Kimball fan. Um, I loved his style and everything else. I don't, I think he would have had trouble with Warrell just with Warrell's length. Um, you know, being so tall. Um, you know, although I gotta say over, I don't know, Warrell, it's interesting with Warrell. I've always said with Warrell, he always seemed to um, kind of leave you wanting more. Like he had all the tools to be really dominant just with that size and everything else. And he'd show flashes of it. But other times it was just like, I don't know, he would uh, it, he would just sort of be happy with the grappling and, you know, and kind of the win on points. You know what I mean? Um, you know, maybe I'd complete, maybe I'd completely up my ass, but that's just kind of, I always, that's how I always felt about Worrell. He just, you know, sort of lacking somehow. I don't know what though. I, I, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it, but there's just something not lacking there. I don't know what it is. Uh, but I think I would probably have him beating Kimball, but, uh, Kimball advanced here. And then of course, Cordic over Brad May. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And McSorley over John Scott. Um, yeah, I would, I would have taken Marty. Uh, Langdon over Winsick. Simon over Todd Ewan. Nystrom over Churla. Ray over Byers. And, uh, Grimson over, uh, McGratton. The, the McGratton Grimson fight was really interesting. It was, it was a couple guys commenting and going back and forth. And, um, um, they were, they were really surprised at the outcome. And, uh, I don't know, like, cause they were, a couple of them didn't really think too highly of Stu. And I mean, yeah, whatever, that's their opinion. But I don't know. I think for for a time there, when he was in Hartford slash Carolina and going into Anaheim and stuff, I, Stu was a dominant, one of the top guys, if not the top guy in the league for a couple of years there. So I don't, I, and I don't know, I think if people sort of view the Chicago years, um, I've always said with these tournaments, at least how I've always looked at them, um, I, I look at both guys, like I take them in their primes. Um, 
you know, because one guy, oh, he, like, well, here, I'll go back to the Crimson thing in a second, but, like, the Ray Byers fight here, um, like, Ray advanced in the in the voting, but somebody said, oh, when Byers fought him, oh, he kicked Ray's ass or whatever in, their, in the real fight that had happened. Well, yeah, it was also Ray's second year in the league, and, you know, and Byers at that point had been around for a little while, so um, I don't think that's a really fair description of, um, I mean, I get what he's saying. Oh, the fight actually happened and Byers won. So, okay. But like I said, it's, uh, that really isn't a prime Ray. And, uh, like I would have Ray beat, a prime Ray would beat a prime Byers, in my opinion. Um, and I think that's how I've always looked at it. And, uh, but some people you can see by their comments that, oh, like the Grimson in Chicago wouldn't stand a chance against Big Earn. Well, okay, but it's, why are we looking at Grimson in Chicago? Like, why are you not looking at him, you know, in Hart in Carolina when he was in his peak, you know, um, then that's the matchup where he found his legs and everything else and his power and his length against McGratton. And, um, you know, on the other hand, I see some, Oh, McGratton would destroy him. It's like, well, and I, I'm a big fan of both guys. And if you want to think that's fine, but it's like, who, you know, who did McGratton destroy in, you know, that was of Grimson's stature in real life? You know, it's like, I don't know, like, like though, like today with the, what's going on right now with Coaster and Miller, you had the one guy saying, oh, Coaster knocked Miller out. Well, was Miller ever knocked out? Like, I, I don't remember Jay ever getting dropped or anything, you know? I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't remember seeing it. So, but all of a sudden it's going to happen now. It's like, I don't know. Like I said, I, I think people's, um, exaggeration gets the best of them sometimes and um you know and i and i mean i guess they have to use you know descriptive language and stuff when they're when they're saying who they would win and i get it and i mean and it makes the conversation here i am asking asking people to create conversation so i shouldn't be complaining when they use it but i don't know so every once in a while i i find it a little eye rolling that uh when you have to exaggerate to make your point, it's kind of like, well, if you have to do that, I don't know if you really have a point, but, um, I don't know. It, it's, it's interesting to me. That's the one thing with these tournaments that I've done. It, I, I find it interesting how, how people look at them and, um, you know, and like I said, to each their own and that's how they're going to vote. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's just a, it's just a fantasy fight tournament. So it's not like, you know, we're, you know, solving it's not a world crisis thing or anything. So, um, you vote however you want to vote, but, um, I, I don't know for me, who is trying to get a hold of me. So that's so important. Is that that friggin' mud show out in Carolina? Sorry, folks. I do uh, check Here's my wife sitting there texting me. I'm like, I'm just come downstairs. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> now I've completely lost where I am and it's now nine fifteen at night and I'm, Oh, and I still have two topics to talk about. Where are we here? Oh, the Grimson and, and McGratton. Yeah, I mean, I, I could, I could, I could see people picking either guy. I really can. Um, you know, personally, I don't know. That's a, that's a because that's the one thing about this tournament. I guess I could be like Teflon and get out of it. I, I, I can't vote. So, um, if I had to vote. I'd probably actually pick McGratton now that I said, but I don't, I, I certainly do not think he would destroy Stu Grimson or anything like that. Not a prime Stu, he wouldn't. Um, but I think he'd have enough. I think he could withstand the barrage, I think. 
But um, yeah, and the next and the next day on on Sunday we had uh, yeah, what a battle like for this one, Colt Nor versus Jim McKenzie. Boy, oh boy, that that is a tough matchup. I mean, the the people voted Orr as the winner. Um, I would have went with McKenzie. Um, yeah, um, yeah, I just think Jim would have would have withheld the with uh, with. Uh, would have uh, stood against the the barrage of bombs from Colt Nor and uh, throwing some of his own, you know, kind of that inside quick machine gun fire. Um, and then of course he had the hammer versus Eric Bolton, and the hammer won. Um, and then Terry O'Reilly and Troy Crowder with O'Reilly winning. I can't see that either. Um, not that I'm a, I love I love Terry O'Reilly and well, see there you go. I, I mean. I always do this on a completely unbiased thing because I am actually not a big Troy Crowder fan at all. Um, but I just think with his size and just kind of that, I think he would pick apart O'Reilly. He would be, you know, you know, head down. So you know how Taz does it, right? And I just think up and down, up and down. And um, I just think I think Crowder would just control it. I think um, Clark and Thornton. That's a hell of a battle too. Um, I could see that going either way, but I, you know, I would probably, I don't know. I was going to say Sean Thornton. Mm. If I was voting, I would probably take Sean Thornton, but I could see that Clark won in the, in the, in the thing here, but I don't know. I'm just going by with, if I was voting, uh, Nyland and Ojik, Chris Nyland advances. Um, yeah, I would have that as well. Uh, laws and Playfair. I mean, this is so tough. Laws is so underrated, right, Tim? Uh, everyone drink. Um, no, it's true. I don't, I don't know. It's, yeah, I don't know how many times that has been said on the show, but many, I think anytime Laws' name gets mentioned that, oh, he's so underrated. I think that follows after everyone says his name. It doesn't matter who I've had on, but, uh, um, I think, I think with the older guys, with these brackets, like a Playfair or Fatia or, you know, whoever, um, you know, because I've also well, why is it gas off in it? I'd love to put gas off in it, but he's just going to get eliminated in the first round because most of the people voting don't know who he is, and um, you know, so I think it's it's sort of a modern '80s on type crowd that's voting on here. So, um, it, it, it has nothing to do with a disrespectful thing. I mean, I like to mix in the guys. Like I had Ferguson in this year, but again, he you know, unfortunately, he drew a twist and got smoked. Right, so. Um, you know, but I do like to at least have the the older guys in um, because they did start. They were the trailblazers, and if it wasn't for them, there wouldn't be, you know, the the John Scotts or the Ors and and so on, right? So I'd like to have them in. I don't put too many of the forties, fifties, and sixties guys um, in these tournaments for that very reason. Um, again, it's been brought up. Why don't I have Gordy Howe in here? Eh, he didn't really fight. I mean. People like to talk like he did, but he didn't really fight. He didn't. He fought like once a year. I think would he have twenty four fights or something in his career? So, you know, and like somebody, oh Larry Robinson. Well, you have Schultz, and why not Robinson? Well, really, you're we're, you think that's the same thing? Like, come on, well Robinson beat him. Well, okay, you know, I mean, whatever. I mean, Chris Tamer beat Probert. Should I put Tamer in here too? You know, it's just like I don't know. You can always make that argument, but it's more for like actual fighters, right? So. Um, you know, obviously like an Aginla or a Cam Neely or so Shane Corson or something could be in here because they fought some of these guys and whatever. But I mean, it's not, the spirit is sort of with the enforcer. So, you know, work with me a little bit here, folks. But, um, 
yeah, anyway, to go back to like the Playfair thing, I think he falls into that people don't really know about him. And even as fight fans, like I, I'm the first to admit, I mean, I obviously I know who Larry Playfair is and the rep that he has and, and he's very highly thought of amongst, um, the former tough guys and guys that played against him and that type of thing. But, and I mean, the videos that's out there, he looks really good, but there just isn't really any video out there of him. Um, so that's the other thing. I mean, He's really a product of his environment. I mean, I, I mean, I wish there was more video to show. Uh, so, I mean, we could all see a prime Larry Playfair. I, I mean, I really wish I, you know, there was some video to see, um, and there really isn't. So, and unfortunately, I think he falls victim to that. You know, and then obviously with Laws being the current guy, and you know, people are familiar with his his work. Um, you know, he he got the vote through here on this, but you know, in the grand scheme of things. Um, you know, is Laws beating Playfair? You know, probably not. Um, but again, I, but I even said, I think I said on the previous show, at least I hope I did. Um, you know, with the lack of, with, with the lack of video, um, you know, and I mean, and, I, and you're going by, you know, accounts and people, fans talking and former players. It's like, well, how accurate is that too, right? Like how good really was Larry Playfair? I mean, all these people say it, but you know, how good was he, right? Without seeing the video, it's sort of, you know, because, I mean, you could put a video up of a fight and 10 people watch it and you get 10 different answers, right? So, um, you know, and then so when you have people giving, oh, I was there in Buffalo when he fought so-and-so and just destroyed him. Well, you're asking somebody to go buy back on 45-year-old memories, right? And it's like, yeah, I know my memory sure fades after 40 some years. So, um, you know, not to say Larry Playfair isn't what everybody says he was, but, you know, it will never know, I guess, without the video. So, um, you know, and there, and I'm sure there is there, you know, history is revisionist at times and, you know, so who knows, but I mean, Laws is certainly a tough enough guy that he could beat anybody in this tournament in his prime. So, um, you know, Laws advancing, you know, is that the end of the world? No. Um, but I would have probably voted play for it just to give him the rub from the, from all the, from all the hype that he has gotten over the years. Um, next one, Cam Jansen and Jody Shelley. Um, I'm actually, I'm surprised due to the popularity thing. I'm just surprised Jansen didn't win just because of you know, his podcast and everything else. And he was certainly active on social media. I said, Cam must not have obviously seen it and retweeted it. Um, I like, you know, again, big fan of both guys. Um, you know, really fight could go either way. Um, and then of course, uh, Eric Cairns and Dave Brown and actually Dave Brown won by a landslide in this. And, um, Again, because everybody, oh, well, Karen's got that weak chin when he was the Rangers and stuff. Well, that's, look at Karen's a few years later when he was in his prime and he was dominating the NHL. I mean, that's the Karen's that would fight the prime Dave Brown. Then you make the decision. But, um, I will say I, I would have taken obviously, like Dave Brown is in my top five of all time. Um, and, uh, you know, he just did it for so long. It was so mean. And I, I just, I would have voted Brown as well. And, um, you know, and then in, in the, uh, in the, in the next category, um, um, the net, you know, the net, the next fight was, uh, was, uh, Smenko and, and Brashear. And, and again, this is where like kind of the popularity or the unpopularity, um, happens and, and Smenko won actually quite handily in the voting, um, which, 
no, I would have Brashear beating Semenko. Um, like I said, I know Brashear is very polarizing. He's actually, you just think actually of all the enforcers out there. <laughs> I think Brashear is probably one of the most, if not the most hated, um, hated guy. And, and, and whatever. Um, people have their favorites and, and guys they like and don't like. I mean, whatever. But I, I, I think a lot of times, uh, you know, when it comes to stuff like this or just, Topics in general, I, I I think that sort of clouds people's decisions, and uh, I don't I never liked them. Well, you never had to like them, but I always I, I don't like Brashear either. But I mean, like I said, you got to give the devil its due, right? And and Brashear was undefeated for a lot of years, and you could count on one hand how many losses he had, you know, through that run with Vancouver and Philly and the Rangers and stuff. He was a dominant heavyweight, and you don't have to like his style or whatever. And I get it; that's okay. But, you know, like, I mean, come on. You know, he guy did it for a long time and was one of the top guys. And, um, like, you know, I have brush here in my, uh, my all-time top ten. And I can't really, and I don't like the, and I can't stand him. You know, but that's the way it is. I mean, you know. And, um, and Semenko, again, um, actually a really good, uh, for, for newer listeners out there listening, um, if you want to go back in my back catalog, um, it's it's just called the Dave Smenko special, um, and I, it was it was right around the around his death. I wanted to have uh, Luciano on from Winnipeg, who's a big fan and has really done a lot of research into Smenko's uh, career. And uh, he was a great guest and actually shared some really good uh, old stories uh, about Semenko and that type of thing. So I would encourage anybody to go back if you have not to check out that episode. It's a really it's a real good one. Um, um, the thing with Semenko, and, and and it was brought up that, again, another guy, a lot of his prime year footage isn't out there. Um, it, like his WHA stuff, when he was real, just young, and just have at, just going at it. Uh, and then his early Oilers stuff just really isn't there. And uh, like a lot of the Semenko stuff we see is that mid-80s Battle of Alberta into the Toronto-Hartford years, which were kind of... You know, I, there was obviously the the alcohol issue, and and I think he just lost the passion at that point. And uh, you know, so and I think that's the Semenko people see, and the you know, they're kind of eh, you know, whatever. But um, like I like uh, it was brought up that a lot of his great fights, no one's seen. And um, you know, again, um, would I do I think a prime Semenko would beat a prime Brashear? No, um, I've always said when it comes to I know this is old hat for the people that listen, but that I, I've often said this, but um, there's a difference between being a great enforcer and a great fighter. Those are two different things. And Semenko, to me, was a top five enforcer of all time, but he was nowhere near a top five fighter of all time. Um, but he knew how to do the role, and he did it excellent. Um, but I would, again, I'd love to see that early 80s WHA Semenko footage. Oh, that would be outstanding. But at the end of the day, do I see him beating Brashear? No, I don't. Um, and then Derek Bugard uh, destroyed Tiger in the voting. Um, I would have that as well. Uh, McAllister versus Tim Hunter. Um, Tim Hunter actually got a lot of the votes um, and he advanced. But that would be a really interesting matchup. I think um, McAllister really learned how to use his size and uh, could switch up. and uh, but uh, And he definitely had the height on Hunter. But... Hunter was one of those technical guys and uh, one of the real first, you know, especially that 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 early 80s, mid 80s um, was I 
from all accounts, was a real big fitness guy and a real big, like, real hardcore weight training guy where that really wasn't in vogue as much yet. And uh, great, great stamina and uh, cross grip. And I think could really frustrate McAllister. So I could see Hunter getting the win. Um, and then Glenn Cochran and Ty Domi. Um, again, I think, I'm, I'm sure the Leaf fans kind of came out in droves for that one. And Domi kind of unanimously kind of won the voting. But um, I think Cochran would definitely give him fits. Uh, just Captain Caveman coming out of the gear and just going wild, man. Um Again, I think Domi being have you know do the spin and get the get the left bombing and I mean I could see Domi winning, but I could see people picking Cochran as well. But and then uh, Scott Parker and Ryan Reeves again. I think um, it's almost like what I was talking about before with the older players. Um, the current guys, it's 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 kind of the same thing, right? Um, I think there's just not a lot of respect given to the new to the new age tough guys and they oh they couldn't hang in the eighties, that vibe and I mean I've talked about it on this show before with people with uh with that opinion and it's kinda eh, I don't know about that. Um you know. Uh now do I think Reeves would uh beat Scott Parker? No. I mean I would have Parker beating Reeves as well, but um the, like I've always said, this idea that Reeves or Lucic or Wilson and them couldn't hang in the eighties, it's like well, like I always said, well, Curran and Sheehy and Jay Caulfield did, you know, so, and Ed Kostelik. So I, I'm pretty sure Ryan Reeves could as well. I'm not saying Reeves would be a, t- you know, a, you know, top three guy or anything and, you know, be rivaling Dave Brown for league supremacy, but this idea that Reeves would get mopped up was, is sort of asinine to me, but, you know, whatever. Um, the next fight was for, for Coda, for Coda? Vakota and Steve Durbano. Um, Vakota won. Um, again, Durbano, probably again, not a lot of footage available on him. Of course, the stories are legendary about Durbano and the Spaceballs helmet and everything else and, and, and that type of thing. Um, you know, uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, to be completely honest, I don't know enough about Durbano, the fighter. Like I said, I've seen the limited footage. Eh. You know, I, you know, and I, from what I've been told, he's more crazy than a fighter, a great fighter. So, um, and Fakoda for all the body, you know, he gets shit on for the body slam and everything else, but Fakoda's fight card is pretty well unmatched. I mean, he has a tremendous fight card, took on everybody and would he go toe to toe? I've always said with Fakoda, which actually used to kind of really irritate me is he would do the body slam when he didn't need to. It's like, man, you're in control of the fight. Just take him down. Like, but He'd always just do the body slam, I guess, but I don't know. I, I think uh, he wasn't as bad as people. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't mind Fakoda. He's all right. And then the next one, Basil McCray and Reed Lowe. Um, yeah, I mean, Basil got the win on the, or got the voted through, but I don't know. I I, I feel bad for Reed Lowe in these tournaments. Um, Reed Lowe is kind of like the I, – I always say he's like the Rodney Dangerfield, really, when it comes to – like just no respect, and I mean, if I encourage anybody listening to go back, go back on YouTube and just watch Reed Low fights, you'll be entertained. Believe me, he was awesome. Um, you know, not a big power guy, but he would hang in, throw both hands, would could take shots, great chin. Um, if you go on my YouTube channel, I have a ton of his AHL stuff when he was in Wooster. Unbelievable, his fights with Bolton stuff, tremendous. Parker fight down in Hershey, oof. 
Reed Lowe was awesome, and I would have him beating Basil McRae. Again, um, I know Al was yelling, but uh, um, I was never a big Basil guy. Like I said, did it, whatever, great fight card, fought everybody. Um, but, you know, he was always just sort of, he was there. He'd, you know, take you know take the guy out, take the guy on, but, you know, not a big power guy, not a lot of knockouts or anything like that. But, um, you know, and I guess Reed Lowe maybe falls into that same category, but um, I would have Reed Lowe beating Basil McRae. And then, like I said, the final fight was in that bracket was uh, Ferguson versus Twist, and, of course, Twist got a million votes. And, and went on through. And I mean, again, it's hard with Ferguson because it's just such minimal footage. And, uh, you know, when you start talking about 50s, 60s guys versus, you know, a, a 1990s Tony Twist, yeah, that's tough sledding for anybody. But, uh, I, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, I would probably have Twist going through too. So, And then the final eight fights are uh, happening right now tonight. So uh, we'll see how that goes. So, I, I again, I want to thank everybody that's taken the time to, to vote and... Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, It's been fun so far. Lately, with work being as busy as it's been, I've spent a lot of time catching up on my podcast, my Jim Cornette, my Fight for Fighting podcast. And it's been great. You know why? one of the reasons why it's been great? Because I've been using my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for that perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. Trust me, Raycons give you an 8 hours of playtime as well as a 32 hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of the other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycons everyday earbuds have over 50,000 5 star reviews. Noise isolation, awareness mode. You know, I, I wear them at work when I'm kind of getting in and out of the truck. Also when I'm in the shop, they're perfect. So go to Raycon dot com slash thpn today and get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash thpn to score 50% off. All right, this next piece of business uh, was the uh, Jay Wells uh, interview. Um, again, this is um, uh, Luciano uh, posted this about uh, it was Semenko's first NHL season of 79-80 and he fought, uh, and it was a preseason game and he fought Randy Holt. Uh, a couple times, uh, who was playing for the LA Kings. And, uh, there was also an interview that somebody posted up with, uh, just as, as, uh, a snippet, uh, with, from, with Jay Wells. Um, again, another under, real underrated guy. I think Jay Wells, there's a guy, I think he really flies under the radar of a lot of people. Um, myself included. And, uh, I know he, he was getting a lot of, uh, there was some guys really hyping him up the one night and, uh, so I went down the YouTube rabbit hole on, on Jay Wells and, and, uh, yeah, I would highly recommend doing that as well. Yeah. Big tough D man. Um, yeah, just really solid, really solid. Um, but anyway, uh, this, I don't know, whatever, for whatever reason, this little kind of tidbit just kind of struck me funny that was posted, but, uh, yeah, here's, uh, from an interview with Jay Wells, uh, the very first training camp, there were quite a few memories. Uh, Randy Holt was our was on our team. He was a very physical guy who loved to fight. I remember we were playing the Edmonton Oilers one time, and Randy decided to fight Big Dave Semenko. Randy Holt just got trashed by Semenko, just beat up terribly. Uh, so it's my first year. My eyes are as big as saucers when I saw the fight and the way Semenko handled Holt. And I thought Randy was a pretty good fighter. So I remember we went into the dressing room, and Randy walks in, and he just kind of rocking back and forth, and he looks over at Randy Maneri. 
And he goes, should I do them again? Should I do them again? And I'm just, I'm just scared to death. But Neri says, uh, yeah, well, whatever you think. So we go out next period and Holt fights Semenko again and gets trashed again. Comes back to the dressing room at five and a 10. I come in after the period and he's just got bumps and bruises all over his face and body and he's rocking back and forth. And again, he asks Randy the same question. Should I do him again? And I'm just petrified. I mean, this guy's just psycho. <laughs> and Harry, uh, you know, Holty, I think you probably proved your point. But he still went out and took him on a third time and got kicked out of the game. He lost that fight too. And I'm thinking, my goodness, if this is the NHL, just what have I gotten myself into? I came from junior hockey as a fighter. I was a defensive defenseman and I never lost a fight. So when I came in, I thought I was going to rule the roost. But after watching those bouts, I figured I better readjust. I was like, I better readjust. That always struck me funny. But yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, I just it kind of, nice little, uh, uh, old old interview snippet from uh, from Jay Wells. But yeah, and um, actually, uh, it's uh, Dave Semenko Appreciation page at Luciano started on Facebook. Um, I would, again, I recommend uh, just sign, It's obviously it's Facebook, it's free, whatever. But sign up. Um, a lot of really good old video um, that's been put up and he's got the 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 one fight with uh, Semenko and Holt on here from the preseason. I I always say it looks it looks funny with Semenko when he's wearing a helmet. Yeah, you never you're not used to seeing Semenko wearing a helmet, but yeah, I mean you watch this fight, and I'm watching it as I'm talking here, and uh, you know actually Holt's doing all right, but uh, you know undersized. But I mean Semenko, he's going with both hands and just and I mean you're looking at a you know a, a real young early twenties Dave Semenko here. 7980 and uh yeah and you could just yeah he is punching with bad intentions and um and and like i said i um earlier that uh it's a shame that a lot of Semenko's early footage isn't out there and um cuz man a helmet a helmet wearing dave Semenko looks like a badass so it's it, it's too bad that that's not out there but um yeah, anyway, sign up for the page. It's, uh, like I said, a lot of cool pictures, a lot of cool video getting shared on there. And uh, I think you get a new appreciation for Semenko if you signed up. And, and, uh, and that'll had a look. You know, it's it's hockey fight history, guys, right? And uh, and, and it's great that, um, you know, guys are, you know, they're always, you know, uh, shaking the bushes and always looking for leads on, on old footage or old newspaper articles or old pictures. Um Actually, speaking of old pictures, uh, Steve, of course, uh, when Probert was king.com, of course, I, again, I said I had him on for the Probert show. Um, uh, he has actually been posting uh, some tremendous old Ben Wilson pictures um, the last couple of days. Of course, Wilson fighting in the tournament. We uh, Steve always calls it Ben Wilson Awareness Week. Um, but, yeah, he actually has a picture of um, uh, Wilson up from junior and stuff. So, yeah, a lot, a lot of cool stuff. Um been uh, and um another uh steve walsh has been putting up uh in the facebook groups um some old uh, bruins pictures and it was and it was really cool with uh some old riley and some stan jonathan pictures um and it and it's true i've, I've never as going through all like as everybody knows who listens to the show or follows me on social media obviously knows i'm a picture guy and um i saved i've saved hundreds thousands of pictures at this point of fighters and whatever um, and I will say as far as the older stuff goes, like the seventies and stuff, um, you never saw really the, the bird's eye view shots, like the overhead shots. And so obviously, but somebody, but in Boston they would do it. So obviously the, 
Boston Garden had someone up walking the scaffold and taking pictures and he's actually posted some really cool overhead shots of O'Reilly fighting and uh, Stan Jonathan fighting and uh, I, w- I always think the overhead shots look really cool um, yeah and I mean there's that famous picture of course of Jonathan Bouchard and, and Pierre Bouchard uh, from from overhead and uh, and they're both kind of rearing back and going to drop bombs and uh, I I don't know I think that picture is just outstanding and I and I I really like the uh, the the bird's eye view type of type of shots and which seem to be really uh, kind of only happening sort of in Boston so um, anyway yeah here I, I'm just yeah you talk about a rambling episode I was just saying as I was kind of scrolling Twitter there for a sec uh, or a Facebook pardon me um, yeah that came up. But, well, the final topic of the night, of course, is the Tony Twist topic. And basically, um, Alec had kind of thrown it out that, uh, basically, it's just simple. Where do you rank Tony Twist all time for NHL enforcers? And, um, you know, got a lot of replies. Um, it was interesting. A lot of people, um, you know, kind of top 10. Oh, top 5, no, all time. Uh, you know, um, it kind of, it kind of was all over the place. Um, but it, it was interesting in uh, in a couple of the groups because Alec had posted it in a few different groups. Um, it's always interesting when you get the uh, the ex players responding to it, like Jeremy Yablonski, top five for sure. He was a scary dude that not many people wanted to to fight. Um, um, Trevor Sand, top five at least. Everyone was shitting themselves nights before games. A lot of sleepless nights. A guy that swings for the fences with every punch, one or two, uh, are going to land. Um, Actually, Jeff Kugel uh, brought up great highlights, but to put them in the top ten, you're taking out guys who had a lot, a lot of, a lot more longevity and did it consistently ten times longer. Wasn't very busy for a heavyweight of that era, but very feared and almost mythological creature. Um, and Reedlow agreed. Um, yeah, it, it's you know it, it's tough. Um, you know, obviously with the with the injury and the career-ending injury at the motorcycle accident. Um, which is really unfortunate. Um, I always forget who he was going to sign. I remember Jamie Rivers telling the story. Was it the Bruins he was signing with? I believe it was the Bruins that he was going to be the highest paid enforcer in the league. And it's, um, unfortunately the accident happened. Um, yeah. Um, Pat Barton, uh, you know, uh, feared, but not in my top 10. Some can argue the fear factor limited his ultimate fight card compared to others. I look at his entire career from early St. Louis to Quebec where he, where he needed a big improvement with his balance and he became a beast and decided to be the bigger, stronger guy the last half of his career, swinging guys with power while throwing sledgehammers. <coughs> Pardon me. Overall, he's a top five most feared based on intimidation alone, but for my top ten of all-time fighters, he is not on it. Longevity, not, no fault of his own. Pure skill as a fighter, I can argue overrated. He had the punching power, but he got worked up and he'd swing you in at the same time, so it, that limited it, any potential KOs he probably could have had. I rank him, uh, I rank him below a guy like Chris Simon just based on precision of a fight, and Simon is in my top 10. I placed Twist around 12 or 15 with an asterisk. Um, Twister found a perfect niche with what he had, intimidation, power, and an aura. As much as that counts for a lot, it just doesn't put him in the elite of the elite as a fighter for me. Even Coaster was a bit more settled and composed in his approach to landing the power for me. 
I think that made Twister so intimidating, but it also hurts his rating for me, if that makes sense. Yeah, and it does. I mean, I get what Pat is saying. Um, the thing with Twist is, yeah, he would, he would literally, uh, you know, I think get so worked, I guess worked up for lack of a better term, but yeah, he would basically just swing, start swinging the guy so hard. And he'd just throw that straight right arm kind of bomb. I mean, everybody right now is probably picturing it in their head. That it would just be wild, right? He'd be hitting him in the side of the head, the back of the head, the shoulder, the body. And and it was just, it was an overwhelming, um, I, it's escaping me who said it, but I remember it was on my show. Somebody said when they were fighting, it was like, it was like being, it was like being in a wave, like the wave just coming down on you, right? And there's just like, you just get, he just overwhelmed you with the power. And I mean, and he's so busy at the same time swinging you around. So your balance is off that you're trying to maintain your balance or, you know, catch yourself. But at the same time, you got to watch that right hand coming. Right. And, um, it was just, I, I remember them saying it was unnerving, you know, like where other guys you'd kind of, you'd grapple and you kind of be in the pocket and you could see it coming. You know what I mean? Like, um, but with this, it just, it was like, just, you know, like, like just getting beat with a sack of hammers. And then, like you said, and he hit so hard, right? Um, the thing that always did it for twist that, that I've always noticed, and I always kind of bring it up that I, I think says a lot about him as a fighter is, um, other established fighters, fought different against him. And I bring up the fights with like Darren Langdon or Reed Simpson. Um, those guys uh, with Langdon, he was so technical and he fought everybody and he was never, you watch a Langdon fight. Yeah. He might get out punched or whatever, but you know, you're just the other guy was busier, so to speak, but he never got like a hammered or rolled or not that I can remember. Um, you know, and he, even if he was sort of losing and he'd, he'd kind of make his comeback, right? Um, you know, whatever you want to call it, he'd fight from underneath, um, so to speak. Um, but against Twist, he just didn't. He just bailed. And you never saw him do that. And again, it's not a slight to Darren Langdon. I mean, I, I completely, I, obviously, I could understand why he did it. Um, and Reed Simpson was the same way. Reed Simpson, you go back and watch his fights again. There's another kind of un, under the radar guy. I think Reed Simpson doesn't get a lot of the, the press that he should, so to speak, amongst fight fans, but, um, he's great. And oh, you go back and watch his minor league stuff. He had unbelievable fights, but, um, I got a bunch of them again on my YouTube channel. Go back and check out his Albany and his Hershey stuff. Oof. Awesome. Awesome fights. But he had some great NHL fights too. And again, would always hang in there, came back, would battle with everybody and again, fight from underneath. But with twist, it would just like, it's just like, ah, fuck it. I'm out of here. And, and guys would just bail and, and that never did before or after against anyone else, but they did with him. And it was just, cause I think it would just, yeah, it was just that overwhelming sense that you can't get your balance. You can't write yourself. And this guy's swinging you around and it's just whack, whack, whack. And you're getting hit from all over. And yeah. And it's like, and like somebody said, and it's true. And it, I mean, it's not being hyperbole or anything like that. It's like, if he hit you, he'd break your face. Like he broke Rob Ray's face and, and, or he'd crack your helmet and stuff. And it's like, yeah, guys did not want to get hit by that. And it's, yeah, it's just a completely different fighter than, than almost anybody really. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, Coaster had that kind of power. Again, it was a different type of, yeah, it wasn't that, he wasn't swinging you around like Twist could, but um, but he definitely had that power too where guys were wary of it, right, and would duck away. But other than that, like, I mean, you know, with Probert and all them, and um, like, I, I don't I don't think anybody worried about that with Probert. I mean, Probert was just an overwhelming guy, right? And, you know, um but yeah, I think Twist was a whole different kind of animal. And like I said, Alec had had posted it in uh, in a couple of the groups, and um, and of course the the whenever the the Twist thing comes up, there's always the oh the roids, roids, roids. He was only good because of the roids. <clears throat> you know, okay. Um, but my basically my my question was in this, I I had replied to a couple guys. It's like. I always read this that, oh, well, pre-roids, whatever, but post you know, when he got on the gas, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, when was that? Oh, when he got big. Well, Twist was always big. I mean, you go back and look. I mean, I saw him in junior. He was big in junior. You know, he's big in the IHL. If you go back and watch the IHL footage, he's big in St. Louis. Like, Twist has never been small. Now, I get it. Did he... He got bigger towards the end. Yeah, he, you know, got older and, you know, whatever, lifted more and whatever. Now, am I saying Tony Twist never took Roy? I'm not saying that. Did he? he? Probably. I mean, I don't know. Has he ever admitted to taking them? I mean, I know there was never a positive drug test or anything like that. Actually, I don't think they tested for him back then. Um, as I would say with the Twist thing, and I mean, you know, you could say whatever your stance is on steroids. I mean... He, he certainly wasn't the only one on them, if that's the case. Um, I mean, whatever I've been to, I've been told of other guys that are taking them or, or that took them and at that time and Hey, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, I've never, I, you know, is it cheating and everything? Else? Well, yeah, I mean, I get it and everything else in a perfect world, there would be no steroids and everything would be on the up and up and all that. But I mean, you know, let's, you know. And the moon is made of cheese, right? I mean, let's get out of fantasy land and into reality. I mean, at the end of the day, you're you're fighting for your livelihood and fighting for your for your food and um, and for your money. And if you keep losing, you're going to be out of a job. And so I understand why guy at that time where guys took them and um, you know um, yeah. So I mean, I don't fault guys, and I mean for taking them and. Um, well, I mean, in Probert's book, Probert admitted to taking them. That's what always cracks me up. Some of these guys, oh, Bobby never would. Well, he did. For a big fan, you clearly never read his biography. He says right in there that he took them. So, I mean, you know, um, it's like, the, I mean, I think at that time, it, it was sort of a whole keeping up with the Joneses kind of thing, right? You had these new guys coming in that were just nuclear weapons and, and uh, you know, and you had to keep up, you know. Again, is you know, is that right or wrong? Well, I mean, whatever. We can sit and argue the moral, the more you know, and we can all get out our moral compass. But I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you know, got to do what you got to do. But um, you no, know, to get back to the thing, it's like, well, pre GNC supplements, he's not on the list. Since supplements, top ten. Well, okay. And like my response to him was, when was that? And he said, well, whenever he put on twenty pounds of muscle and won most of his fights. I'm like, okay, well, and the guy 94 or so when he returned to the Blues, I said, well, he won most of his fights throughout his career, and he was always big. Did he juice? Yeah, probably. Certainly wasn't the only one. 
But I always read people say he wasn't great until he started juicing. So when did he start juicing? That was my question to these guys. I mean, everyone's so quick to point out the twist was on gas and all this. And he's only good when he's on gas. Okay, well, when was he on gas? Oh, well, in St. Louis. Oh, yeah. And it's like, and like I said, did he fail a drug test? Did he admit this? I'm just curious how fans say it with such certainty. Such certainty. If that's the case, this is when? Question mark. And this guy replied, I followed his career to his second stint with St. Louis in 94 until uh, the end. I'd say it's extremely safe bet he was on them right away because he wasted zero time in destroying opponents and gaining a reputation throughout the league as an absolute force. If you look at his pins, they dropped significantly by games played starting the very next season. He was night and day different fighter from 93 to 94. More mass, more muscles, harder punches, quicker punches and reactions. Way better balance. He was no doubt juicing. So my reply to him is, well, I've never heard of Royds making your balance better, and he was destroying guys since junior. I'm not arguing that he wasn't on something. As I said earlier, uh, he for sure wasn't the only one. I'm just not sure how people can have such a precise time frame to this. Like, this is the season when he started. I don't know about that. Um, of course, his reply, it would help your balance immensely in a hockey fight by having more strength to hold on to the opponent's sweater and pads, as well as staying on your skates better due to increased leg strength. No doubt he was on juice, and no doubt they helped him tremendously. Again, I said, well, he fought the exact way in junior till the day he retired. He was dropping guys in the minors and in Quebec. Again, I'm not sure how people can pinpoint when. Um, he was fairly dominant and always had power, and that is my point. Which replied, Keith replied, dude, really? He wasn't remotely the same player on the Nords he was, as he was on the Blues. Absolutely no one feared twists since he was an average middle-of-the-pack fighter. He came to the Blues, bulked up out of his head, and started destroying people. People were very hesitant to take him on. The evidence is pretty straightforward. You can believe what you want, but it's pretty much a known fact that he was juicing, unless you're one of those guys that didn't believe Barry juiced either. See, again, I was, I was going to say to Keith, I'm like reading comprehension. Where did I say he didn't juice? My point was... Again, is everybody saying he juiced? I'm like, okay, but when? But everybody seems to have this precise time frame. And again, I, like he said, he was an absolute... No one feared Twist since he was a middle-of-the-pack fighter. Twist was never a middle-of-the-pack fighter. This is where I disagreed with Keith. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Because when he was in Quebec, he was good there. And he was good in St. Louis. And I mean, even uh, in junior, he was feared in junior. To ask Darren Kimball how feared Tony Twist was in junior. I have the best in the West rankings when he was voted the best fighter um, by his peers. And then in the minors, he dropped Link Gates. This is pre-car accident Link Gates. That fight's on YouTube, by the way. That famous fight the Twist talked about, the Bad Boys books that no one had ever seen. That was footage I managed to, to uh, get a hold of. Thank you, Eric. I wish you were still around, man. You're out there somewhere. Get a hold of me. I'd love to talk to you again. Um, but Eric was good enough to get that get that footage, and uh, that's on my YouTube channel. The the famous Twist Gates fight from the IHL, and I mean that's Link Gates, man, that he put down. And in Quebec, it's you know, um, and then Chris uh, Y2J there. Uh, the summer '95 is when Twist may have stepped up his game in terms of lifting and air quote supplements. Twist was always strong, hard hitting fighter his entire career. Uh, Quebec included. His second year as the second stint with the Blues in 95-96. Twist was notably, noticeably large and stronger when he returned from a training injury and needed bicep surgery after hurting himself while working out in the summer of uh, in 95. 
Uh, yes, indeed, Twist always had great strength and a knockout punch. He was rocking people in junior since he was 17. He definitely uh, intimidated people, uh, plenty of people in junior, the IHL, and his Quebec years. Gene Ojek himself, one of the toughest guys around, stayed in an interview. He was always wary of Twist. This belief that somehow Twist was a nobody who rarely won fights before his second stint with St. Louis is ludicrous. He certainly did get noticeably bigger and stronger in 95, but it's not like he was some kind of weakling before that. Um... Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, like, like I said, the twist, it's always a polarizing argument. Cause I mean, you're gonna, you're, you're always gonna find guys that, uh, you know, they'll, they'll always point to the roids that made him good or, um, his fights just weren't that exciting regardless if he threw hammers, swinging him around, his fights were boring. And, and, and that's, you know, I get all that. Um, you know, and then somebody pointed out, well, he never beat Probert. It's like, mm, yeah, but Probert never beat him either if you want to play that game. Um, him and Probert actually, I think that what is it, four or five times they, you know, dropped the gloves, but it never, never materialized to anything, anything great. I mean, it's always somebody fell down right away, or like I said, Probert had got, I think Probert got his hand stepped on one of them, or something happened where he got cut, and so that you know start you know ended it before it began. So yeah, those two unfortunately never had the big clash, and uh, and the Twist and Brown were friends, so they didn't, they weren't gonna fight. And same thing with kind of, I know, I think he fought closer, but. It wasn't much. Again, they they played on the blades together and stuff. So, um, you know, so those those fights didn't happen. Um, one of the arguments that came up is, of course, in Quebec, where they were talking about Donnelly and Kiprios and Peluso and all that, it came down, well, they weren't really elite fighters, and he's not beating anyone elite and whatever. Well, you also have to remember, at this time, this is a rookie sort of Tony Twist in his first sort of, you know, young twist into stepping into the NHL. So it's like... Um, you know, I mean, you gotta get, gotta give them some time here to get, to get into it, you know? And, and again, at the same time, I don't, I don't think you can discount. I mean, you could say whatever you want about Kimball or, or Kiprios or any of these guys, but at the end of the day, they were fighters. And, you know, I, I think to downgrade, to down, downgrade them to sort of, again, to, to sort of get your point across on twist to sort of, eh. I don't know about that. Like I said, um, you know, like his knockout of Peluso was devastating. And, uh, you know, again, you can say whatever you want about Peluso, but the guy fought everybody. And, uh, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, again, with the twist thing, it's, it's, um, I, I get both sides of the argument, but, um, I know Keith and Chris kind of went back and forth on this and I wasn't going to get involved in that, but, uh, you know, um, you know, I, I at the same time, I, I think, you know, um, Keith is greatly underestimating Chris's knowledge on the subject, and, and Chris has talked to lots of players and as well throughout his days. And uh, you know, I, I don't think we have to um, downgrade anybody's knowledge on the on the on the uh, on the hobby or anything like that. Um, you know, both guys have their opinions. Um, I didn't really agree with Keith's stance on again that twist was some sort of you know, nobody before he ever got to St. Louis and got on the gas. I mean, Twist had a, did have a big rep coming out of junior and in the minors, and he did lay some beatings in the minors on guys. Um, you know, and I mean, uh, you know, and it, and it kind of gets brought up, his fight card and that type of thing, um, you know, as I said earlier with, you know, true heavyweights on there, and it's like, well, it's, it, you know, I, I get what you're saying. There's also the old adage, right? It takes two to fight. So, um, 
you know, again, you know, the Barubi, he fought Barubi a couple times. They were draws, you know, what have you. He fought Hunter, uh, you know, I think Gore Donnelly, I, you know, I, I think, uh, in this case, he, I think is massively underrating, um, how good Gore Donnelly was. Um, you know, Twist had some really good fights with him and Gord, uh, Gord was tough, tough dude. And, um, you know, and, and Gino Ojik, for as tough as Ojik was, um, you could tell in those fights, Gino wanted nothing to do with them. I mean, you know, and, it, and, uh, I mean, they fought a few times and it was, uh, you know, and, and I, and I, I think the sort of the, the, the actions of Ojik and that sort of prove, the, prove the point of twist. Um, you know, and again, you know, with Kimball, Mario Roberge, um, you know, uh, Byers for Coda Nyland, um, old line. I mean, you know, are these elite heavyweight guys? Um, I, I get what you're saying in terms of like, well, they're not Probert or Brown or whatever. Well, okay, but, you know, uh, they didn't really play those guys with the divisions the way they were and that type of thing. So, um, you know, I don't think anybody was avoiding anybody. Um, the one guy that was twist definitely as Achilles heel was McKenzie for sure. And you can actually just feel it. You can just see it stylistically. It just doesn't match up. Right, Twist has the big looping punches, and Mackenzie's got that machine gun left. Right, and it's just—it's not a good matchup style-wise for Twist. Um, he did kind of get Mackenzie towards the end of his career again. If you want to say if he was on juice back then, all right, well, you know, but um, but yeah, later on, you know, with the with the Cote stuff and Scott Parker and and uh, and you know Reed Simpson and Chaconi and all those guys and. Um, you know, Todd Ewan. I know him and Ewan always had that bit of a rivalry. And Francois LaRue as well. Uh, Godwin Heward. Um, you know, it, uh, you know, he had some, he had some blood losses there. Uh, you know, towards the end of the one year, I think it was Heward and LaRue right in a row kind of cut him up. And, you know, and then, uh, you know, he came back with the vengeance, um, you know, the following season chasing LaRue around. And LaRue always kind of had like that one. It's like, I got you. I've like, I've had my moment with you. Um, but yeah, again, at the end of the day, um, I always just say with, I think a lot of these guys, they just fought twist. They fought him different than they normally would anyone else. And, uh, they changed up their styles. And I think that says a lot, but, uh, yeah, like I said, at, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a polarizing, uh, he's a polarizing figure with people with their top 10. I, I'm starting to think, would I have twist to my all time top 10? Probably not. I, I, I think I would have him in my top 20. I think he'd be a 15 to 20 guy for me, I think, if I sat down and wrote it out. Like I said, my top 10 could change, you know, as the wind blows, but no, I don't think so. Just, I, and I agree with Kugel on this one with the, sort of with the, um, longevity aspect of it. Um, like a lot of those guys, like, you know, pro, those guys put in a decade worth, right? Whereas Twist didn't, didn't, um, you know, unfortunately couldn't with the injury, but, so I think that, in my opinion, that, that hurts him for, for its overall ranking in my eyes. Um, but he was certainly well on his way, uh, especially with his dominance in the last few years. And again, you can argue how he became dominant, but regardless, he was. So, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's just one of those topics, you know, fight fans talking and bantering amongst themselves and, um, you know, uh, it's there, there is no right or wrong answer, I guess, right? It's just all opinion. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're all full of shit, right? So, um, anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. That's what's getting talked about in the forums these days. Um, 
yeah, guys, other than that, like I said, it's 20 after 10 here. And, and I, to be completely honest, I don't even know what I've said in this episode. I've rambled on and on and probably went in circles and everything else. Um, it's been a long day, been a long, long, long weekend. And, um, yeah, no, I, you know, to be completely honest, I, I kind of, uh, I don't want to say I won't, I, I, I winged it this episode, but, uh, you know, you know, I, I'll be honest. Yeah, I've always said I'm honest with the, with you guys, the listeners. I'm, you know, this probably wasn't my best effort. Um, not for, you know, that I, I meant to shit, you know, take a shit on it. But, uh, yeah, it was just one of those, um, yeah, I just ran out of time. My time management today was not strong. And, um, but I wanted to get, I always want to get, I, 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 people rely, that's not the right term I'm saying, but I know people come to expect that, you know, Wednesday morning when they get up, it'll be in their, you know, if you subscribe to Spotify or iTunes or whatever, that when they get up and they're on their commute to work Wednesday morning, that the episode will be there and same with Sundays. And, and I always want to do that for you guys. And I, you know, and I, uh, I want to maintain the schedule and everything else, but, uh, yeah, and unfortunately, you know, like I said, when it's two episodes a week and throughout the summer, um, yeah, uh, some episodes will just be better than others. So I'm not, hey, I'm not going to uh, sugarcoat it. I, you know, I'm I'm not, uh, I don't know about this one, but uh, regardless, I wanted to get something out for you guys to listen to. And, uh, you know, I, I encourage everybody to go and uh, please vote in the, in the Probert tournament. And, um, if you want to get, if you want to get a hold of me, uh, yeah, fuck, if you want to yell at me over this episode, um, and you're not on social media, um, if you're on social media, if you're on social media, send me a private message. But, um, if you're not, just email me, hockeyfights at hotmail.com. Just send me an email and, uh, I'd love to hear from you guys. And, uh, yeah, it, uh, yeah. And just, uh, yeah, whatever it may be, good, good, bad, or otherwise. Um, you know, like I said, I should have, uh, the last little while I've actually gotten uh, not a lot of, of, uh, of, uh, emails, but I've gotten, um, you know, at least, uh, been about 10 for sure. And, uh, um, I, I want to thank those guys for taking the time to, uh, to drop me a line. And, um, yeah. Like I said, guys, um, I appreciate everybody taking the time to listen tonight. And, um, yeah, all I can say is we'll try better for the next one. But uh, I hope everybody has a good rest of the work week. And, uh, yeah, guys, I'll talk to you on Sunday. Thanks, everybody. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 